I'm Joe. And I'm Reed. And this is Double Shot, the digital journal of two young professionals navigating growth in work and life. All right. On this episode, our main topic of discussion is really an exploration of anxiety. How do we experience it? Where does it come from? And, and what are the tools that we have developed and need to develop to manage those things? It's a, it's a pretty interesting topic. A little bit long on the tangent in the beginning, but as always, we hope you enjoy You have Monumental this weekend. I do have a marathon this weekend. And dude, I'm feeling terrible. Really? Terrible. Mm -hmm. I don't know what is happening. So I got sick, Mm -hmm. um, which can be a thing, but it didn't seem like COVID kind of sick that like fucks up your system big time. Um, But ever since then, when I had that terrible bike ride down in Bloomington, I felt like legs are heavy runs are hard every single time and i've been tapering i was down to like 30 ish miles last week this week's gonna be like 12 i took yesterday off but i went out today on my run and it was hard as hell like i just my legs felt awful and so i'm going to do what i can do i'm gonna do like three miles easy tomorrow take thursday off and do like a couple on friday what if you went the exact opposite route and just did something fucking hard well, that's what I'm actually like a hoping. Speed session tomorrow. So today, uh-huh. I did. Um, I went out and I did a warm up mile at like nine, but then I did quarter mile on at like six thirty. Quarter mile off, quarter mile on six thirty, and you saw I'm getting the heart rate up to like the one seventies kind uh-huh. of thing, uh-huh. which was harder than I have been doing uh-huh. because my group that does hard sessions on Tuesdays fell apart two months ago. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm hoping that I wake up tomorrow. I'm like, oh, my body. Because normally I do hard shit. I wake up and the other stuff is way easier. Right. So well, I was thinking hoping. like I needed like when I was, I, I mentioned this to you uh, a couple Mondays ago, but I had like tapered for Wadapalooza. Yeah. And then my first weekend was just fucked. Yep. Like body felt weird. Didn't have the drive didn't have like any zip my body felt like tired yeah and i was like i've been not training hard for a reason what is going on mm-hmm. and then as soon as i started training hard again i came back in on monday i was sore and still performed better it was just like my body like woke back up somehow it doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense um for me like i know i needed to decrease the volume yeah, like i have sure. to only run like 12 miles this week but the general taper recommendation is low volume same high intensity. intensity right so you could hit some like good speed work and maybe like feel good again you know what i mean like yeah. oh okay like i remember what to do mm-hmm. there's this weird thing um i'm not saying it's right but it seems to be prevalent that people inside of the crossfit space like really don't like time off yeah they feel like they can't perform and i think there's a lot of like sports science that would say you're wrong mm-hmm. but placebo is a thing dude a really strong thing <laughs> i mean next week like i'm racing on saturday yeah and i'm taking seven days off seven days off 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 zero run zero run will you bike probably will you not. lift i don't know okay i don't know well, upper body is get pumped yeah i know a i'm like huge i'll do my normal like wake up and do like 40 push-ups and fucking leave for work <laughs> <laughs> like nonsense there you go great workout yeah um but to that end it's like, it's going to be hard as hell to do yeah. nothing. Yeah, it's going to be weird. So I don't know. I'm, I'm the worst at that. I'm excited to do a marathon. Like, even if I feel like shit, I have full confidence that I can do it. Yeah. But I finally admitted myself my A and B goal the oh, other day. Oh, did you? I was going to, this was exactly what I was going to ask you. Okay. Was if you, if you had put one in or not. Like yes. A, to yourself. A goal 
would be beating 320. Okay. 738. Okay. Beagle, 330, like 808. Okay. Um, but I did, you know, I did like my 18, 20 milers in the mid eights. So yeah. that should be fine. Yeah. But I feel trash. So whatever. And then <laughs> go the, sprint. Go sprint a few times. You'll stop feeling trash. Exactly. And then the seagull is like, finish it and enjoy it. Yeah. Even if I have to fucking walk half of it. Yeah. Which could happen. Could happen. But I'm you're going to finish it this time. That's the thing. Fucking finish it. Finish it. Even if I think I'm dying again, I'm just going to fucking die. Just. <laughs> Just actually, no, like reverse those goals. A, a goal, finish it. Finish. B goal, 808. Wait, sorry, you said 7, 330. Yeah. So 330. C goal. The trick is it determines who I hook myself onto at the beginning. Dr- right. Because I right. need to like choose to see if, yeah. I need to see if I can hang with a 320 versus, because if I even hang with a 325, yep. after six miles, like there's no way I'm making up that kind of pace. Mm-hmm. So I got to like, Go out with the 738. Yeah. And then if I'm starting to crash to or whatever, my heart up. rate's in the 160s or whatever, then I got to like... What if you didn't wear your watch again? I'm going to try and look at it less. Okay. Although I was good about that the last race. Okay, because I was going to say, I can't, I cannot do the break my habit. I'd have to get rid of the opportunity. So it's like when I say like, oh, just don't look at your phone. I just have to get rid of the opportunity. The only thing I, I've ever been able to change habit-wise is not looking at Instagram. I, Dude, I've backtracked. I've backtracked. I, it's I bad. Literally, dude, only while stretching now. That's my rule in for your myself. Day. In my day. Only during my 10 minutes of stretching time. How which, do you stretch and do Instagram? Sitting, sitting in a pigeon pose with Instagram oh, in front of okay. me. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, that okay. sort of thing. Um, I need some more pigeon in my life, by I, the way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have the same flow that I do every night. It's like hip flexor, the one where you're like lunged forward and your elbows are on the ground. I think that's going to be called lizard to some people. Mm-hmm. And then pigeon, yeah, both sides, a minute per position, so six minutes there, and then four minutes of upper body stuff. Sometimes it's like child's pose for lats. Sometimes it's just like side stretch, whatever. But like I just do the same shit every day, and um, I figured out how I do Instagram. That's the only time I open Instagram the whole time. I, so one tangent is my sciatic on my left side is angry. Oh, yeah? Angry. I'm jammed up. I'm so lucky. I deal with nothing. I've been dealing with, like, my left knee is just feeling kind of off for, like, a week. Mm -hmm. I just warm up and it goes away and I'm fine. So And that's, like, rare for me. (laughs) Ridiculous. I might have, like, one thing, a a cycle that is, like, oh, your shoulder's bugging you this week. Well, here's the thing that... I'm not training hard enough, clearly. Well, but also, like, the one thing that helps with all that is strength yeah that's true and so it's like you're also strong um, yeah. and mobile so like you strong and mobile and i'm things. sure i'm like i'm pretty compact so i don't have a lot of like gang i always feel like the longer gangly people get a little more beat up yeah like wider 100%. yeah so i so. twice have increased my phone's instagram allotment oh really yeah it was at like an hour yeah and i bumped it like an hour and a half so mine i haven't bumped it below 30 it says at 30 minutes but my own internal is like, don't hit it. Don't get to the limit. Yeah. I just start, I, I find, I, I kept saying I was going to do it for like a few weeks and I kept fucking it up. And then I had a week where it just, I was busy enough and didn't think about it. And I was like, that was a lovely week. And then I was like, how much time am I wasting when I get like bored? It just in a like transition moment or I finished a task at work and I just like want to check out for a second. I'll just like get on Instagram versus like, fucking check out why yeah, yeah like go for a walk 
or like be like, you know what? I finished that task and I feel great. Let's just go or take five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, but don't just open the app because you're fucking addicted to it. And every time I do it, I feel terrible. Right. I feel terrible. I feel shit every time I open the app of because course. I'm like I mean, letting like, my shit down. It's all the chemical stuff, right? It's like dopamine, dopamine, all this shit. And then I'm like, what did I just do? My eyes hurt. I haven't looked further than six inches in 90 fucking minutes. You know, it's funny. I've been, um, I do a gratitude journal every night before bed. I've been doing it for like a month now. It's lovely. And I th- also think gratitude journaling is kind of like meditation or prayer where the more you do it, the better it feels. Yeah. Like it, you start to get more and more and more of the benefit because you're like actually rewiring your brain. Fuck. But I also have realized that, and I'm just now having this realization in the last like 30 seconds. You mentioned dopamine. Our dopamine sister is like the get up and go neurotransmitter, right? Mm-hmm. It gets you motivated to get a drink of water, to go find food, to everything. All your motivation comes from that. And it is a dopamine, like, you're Pavlov's dog to a dopamine lever on Mm -hmm. social media. And I don't know, like, the science behind this, but I can imagine that if you're used to so much, like, consistent dopamine, you're just used to, like, I should always feel like I'm super motivated like I am right now on Instagram, and then life doesn't feel quite as, like, oh, perfect. And then your motivation sort of wanes. Because I haven't really been on Instagram like consistently with a lot of time in three weeks. And I've been like, I've noticed myself writing like, I'm grateful for feeling so motivated in everything. (laughs) Even talking about Instagram, man, my feet are like twitching. It's bad. I mean, I have no problem with Instagram. I think it's great. I think it's a great tool. I just think we abuse the fuck out of it. And I just don't, I, I enjoy it so much more when it's, you know what? It's actually the exact same thing as like delicious food, like chocolate cake and ice cream fabulous wonderful brilliant inventions by humanity that when used too often both lose their utility and hurt us yeah but i got nothing i got no problem with a great brownie mm-hmm. fuck yeah hook me up with a good brownie but like not all the time i just had the realization that's killing the accountability the highly accountable person i saw myself that i promised that i would do gratitude journaling oh really uh-huh yeah and i have not held that up it's all about habit stacking dude like yeah. For me, at least, it was, there's a, in you know, my planner that I love, yeah. talked about. In my planner, there is a evening review section or an evening ritual section. And I always used to miss it. And I was like, oh, I'd forget. And oh, I woke up and I was like, oh, I forgot again. And then I was like, when can I make this a thing? And like, we read, before, Katie and I read before we go to bed. And then typically I have trained at night. So I've like already showered and washed my face and stuff. And But she's going to go wash her face. So there's like this five minute window when I'm like, my teeth are brushed. I've used mouthwash. I'm ready for bed. And I'm like waiting for her to finish up in the bathroom before I hit the lights and go to sleep. And that became the window to do Mm. gratitude. So now when I have that minute, instead of like doing anything else, I just take my notebook out and I do my evening ritual and I'm like, good. It's systematized. It's just systematized. Which I, everything in my world must be systematized for Not just yours, dog, everybody's. Yeah. Like, everybody's has to be that way. Yeah. This is almost turning into a main topic. I think we've got to move on. Yeah, we do have to move on. But there actually is a thing that I, um, I'm going to make a quick bridge. Uh, We just did Wadapalooza, and we missed by nine spots. Nine. Nine. And, um... It went over the course of like a Thursday through the following Monday. So like a 10-day period to do your workouts. And I started on a Friday night. 
and had just fucking shocking results, like so bad. Had to redo. I basically got nowhere my first weekend. I had to redo all the workouts that I had already done for various reasons. Miscounted something, didn't perform well, body didn't react, like just all sorts of reasons. And it brought me back to when I was a kid growing up, I would go to um, something called regional camp, which was like on the stage towards national camp. So there was a stuff for soccer. I'm not going to get too deep into it. And the first night I would always suck every single year trash the first night. And then I'd be awesome the rest of the week. So I'd make the cuts and I, you know, all this stuff. And I have determined that I have massive performance anxiety. Really? Yes. I was really? talking about this with Katie on the way up to, we were at a, um, my brother-in-law got married this weekend in Northern Indiana and we were driving. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, Katie, I, I have massive performance anxiety. I was like saying the same to her. She was like, Oh shit. Yeah. You do. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. <laughs> so this is the, the main this topic is, the main is anxiety. Subject, is anxiety. We're going to explore, so explore anxiety and how we think about it. So but, let me go back to this then. Yeah. Take me back to the competition in Texas. Yeah. That reignited your passion for competing again. Yeah. yeah. Did you have anxiety before that? Yes, but Cornelius fixed it. Okay. So I had, the reason I wasn't excited for it was that I was so anxious. Yeah. And then I, I, Wish I could recall all the things that he said to me over lunch one day, but he like fixed it. And then I went into the event feeling free. And so then I didn't have like my performance anxiety had already been addressed and solved in the immediate beginning because normally it takes me like getting some reps out of the way. It takes an event. It takes a game. It takes something to get my anxiety out of me. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's really fucked because I think it's something where like, oh, you already lost it. Oh, that's where you go. Yeah. So it's not concern about how you will perform. It's what, like pain from the assumption that you won't? Oh, that's a really good... I hadn't really thought about it that way. Because as you are saying, I was like, no, it's totally concern about how I will perform. Yeah. But no, you're right. There's a difference. It is worry that I won't perform, which is so nonsense. Yeah, what it is, it's... Like in the in the moment, you lack the belief that you can on some level. Yeah. Uh huh. It's not a one to one there. Yeah. But like, if you are concerned about your performance, then you might. Um, part of you does not believe that you can. Well, and it's funny because most people say that confidence comes from preparation. Yeah. Like everybody across sports. Like Danielle said it on her episode of Thousand Stories with us. Like, yeah. I'm the most prepared individual. Oh yeah. I do everything. I do everything I'm supposed to do. I train, whether it's like practicing sales stuff, going to class, whether it's training, literally, you know, you athletic go training. You go through the motions. I do the stuff you're supposed to do and always have. So, but I never, I almost never feel confident during a performance, a performance environment. Uh, so let's say, does that extend beyond CrossFit? Yeah, yeah, like here. Yeah. So to me... A sales conversation. That's performance. On some levels of performance. Mm -hmm. So does that mean like pre-sales call anxiety? Um, Yeah, pre-podcast anxiety. Even on I something almost, like that. I almost never want to do the podcast in the moment. You're, are you happy afterwards that yeah, you did it? Yeah, super. Because the conversations are almost always awesome. Yeah. People are great. I normally do a good job. People give me feedback that I do a good job. So I'm like, yeah, it's great. But like before doing it, mm. and you, if you gave me the way out, I'd be like, I'll take that. <laughs> so I, I want to dive on that specific example yeah. a little bit, right? It feels like 
in general with the podcast, your energy has decreased for it a bit, but it felt like, or it was articulated as coming from a place of like skepticism about the tactic. Um, gosh, is that how I articulated that? Um, it's like it, like it doesn't feel like it might be as right as it used to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And therefore feel less invested. Yeah, totally. Fair. Is that true? That's actually true. Because I only get the feeling like an hour or a day before the interview. Okay. When I'm like reviewing my schedule and I'm like, oh, right, I have to do that tomorrow. I'm like, that's when. Yeah, that's when. But it it's all the other time where it's like, fuck, yeah. we got to do all this admin stuff for this thing that I'm not so sure, sure of. Sure of, and is it worth yeah. it? And it takes a lot of time. And yeah. Like, I mean, we have a recording coming up. But it's going to be four hours of our day. Yeah. With travel and With all travel that. and set up and tear down and chit chat and record. Which I. Uh, so we are leaving there at two, I think, or 2 30 was when our block was done with like 30 minutes of travel to be it's back. It's like at, one to 2 30, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, I have a 3 15. <laughs> okay we'll get out of there on time okay we'll leave okay that's fine i'll just be like hey i mean the woman we're interviewing is gonna have a hard stop yeah (laughs) there's my anxiety it is not it is not gonna be like yeah let's just sit around and hang out uh it's gonna be like all right sweet on to the next thing i'm out we go i was in three different countries last week yeah Yeah. (laughs) get this little peanuts conversation out of my way get this out of my way um how do you manage it or i'm actually i'm gonna take that question back yeah how long have you recognized it? Because there's that sounds like very recent. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I have not recognized it. Okay. I haven't been able to place it. I've been like, why do you suck? <laughs> I'm just like, but here's the thing, you don't suck. No, I know. You feel But like that's sucky. the thing. Like we only we only feel bad in comparison to our expectations, right? Yeah. So um fuck, I was about to use an example that wouldn't make any sense to you because you're not a sports fan. Um I can still relate some. Okay. Uh, if you think your team sucks, yeah, and then they suck, you're just like, yeah, totally expected. Uh, great example. I think the Bears are the worst run organization maybe in the world. Not just football, just maybe in the world. And so them being bad is like completely par for the course. I'm like, yep, you suck. You deserve to suck. I have no exp- – it does not bother me at all when you lose nothing. Flip that. I think Liverpool is one of the better run organizations in the world. When Liverpool does poorly, I get much more frustrated by the poor because I'm like, ah, just like expect more. So like my expectations get bad. Okay. Sports notwithstanding. I I think I suck because I'm like, you know better than what you just did. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Why didn't you ask that question there? Like in a sales call. Why did you let yourself get hooked into live time brainstorming? Not fucking effective. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you figure out who the decision maker was? Why didn't you get a clear timeline? Why didn't you talk about money? What, like, why, 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 why? What are we doing here? Why didn't you do your job? Everybody else was still like, oh, it seems like you did pretty good. You got a question there. You figured out some pain, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but I missed like these huge things, guys. And now I have to go have that same conversation again with them because these massive buckets that we need are not full. So there's some like expectation versus reality um, thing in there. There's a like, because here's the thing, you can miss things and have done a good job. Yeah, Like totally. you will never bat a hundred. It's going to be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Sports. Sport balls. <laughs> Sport balls. Um, but yes, what's the relationship there to the anxiety? I don't know. Like, are you p- applying a level of pressure to yourself that you must bat a hundred? It's a good question, dude. I don't. I don't know. I. I um. 
with the Wadapalooza one, I think what it was was I was paired up. My team had a couple dudes who were like, like really fit, and I was like, I really don't want to be the weak link that lets us down. And that was I. Once I realized that, I was like, this is nonsense. Like, if they thought I was bad, they wouldn't try to team up with me. I'm what like me. It comes from insecurity. That tells me it comes from insecurity. Mm-hmm. Like. You know how I've said to you, I don't experience imposter syndrome? Yeah. I think I'm very wrong. <laughs> I think I'm full of shit. I think I experience a ton of imposter syndrome. When you're on that, so you're doing this, dude, words literally just left my brain. You're doing this CrossFit, right? Yeah. And you're the people on your team yeah. are high level. Yeah. Do you feel you deserve to be there? Um, I did not feel like I deserved to be there until I recognized myself not feeling that and said that's ludicrous. Hmm. Like, there's always going to be somebody on Team of Three who's not as good at everything as the other people. Yeah. Like, and even inside of our group, there were things that, like, I was better at. There were less of them, but there were things. And I did I did good. Did my work. Tried hard. You know, like, did, mm-hmm. my, did my job. Feel like I did my own. But, like, I think the reality was, I was like, oh, these guys are so much more fit than me. I, I, I shouldn't be on this team. Uh, let's go another place. Just, like... All, this is all over the place. It's like yes. expectations, well, reality, imposter syndrome, yeah. whatever, right? Um, does that... So if you do experience imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. do you think that also shows up outside of your fitness endeavors? Yeah, totally. Like, do you, Why am I on this call with this CEO? I don't have anything to offer them. I said to Brian Kavicki the other day, he was like, do you have something to offer them? I was like, no. And he was like, ooh, you need to journal that. So do you question your own intellect? Yeah. Yeah. Which is also why I question everybody else's, right? <laughs> yeah. Which I actually think is healthy. Like, I've been lately on this kick of like, we don't know anything. Like when I see so, I, I saw something the other day that was like, scientists are now thinking that humans were on North America 14 million years before they initially thought. And I was like, it's all true until there's new data. Exactly. Exactly. And so I'm like, and then the, who knows if the data is actually fucking accurate or not? Like, everything could be wrong. Because once you get to a certain level, there's just unknowns, right? Like, exactly. Like, we and think we know it. about, like, dopamine and serotonin and cortisol and all this shit until, until we find out finds- there's some other thing at, the, like, quantum level yeah. that fucking drives all this stuff, right? It's we, like- we think we know, like, I mean, think about this. If carbon dating's wrong. Everything we think we know about the world is wrong. Yeah. Like, that's pretty crazy. And it's like, I don't know, in my head, I'm like, I make mistakes all the time. And also, I'm not stupid. So I know I'm like, I know I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And like, people who are doing things with a lot smaller margin for error, error definitely make mistakes. Why should I trust that? <laughs> like this statement of fact you know and like it's actually kind of weird because for most of my life i've been very like accepting of what is told to me mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden last like year i've been like mm, gotta interrogate skeptical. that skeptical so i don't know if it's because i'm skeptical of myself or what but one thing that is related that really annoys me that especially over the last year to the point of like trusting what is true yeah is medical guidance oh and that like you'll get an opinion on this like very important surgery yeah. from an expert 
and then you'll go talk to another expert who will recommend an entirely different thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want this to be fact. I was just reading something. I don't remember where it was, but they were like, one of the challenges of humanity now is that, oh, it was in this book. It was in the scarcity book. It's a great book. Really good book. Um, he, he was talking, he's an, he's interviewing people. And one, one guy was saying like, one of the challenges of modern life is that you now have access to every quote expert on end quote in every type of niche. Dude, there are experts on like how to walk your dog. Like my God, why are there experts in this? You, you went to school for this or like what where's the expertise come from like mm-hmm. were you i don't know but the point is you can always find like another person who's niched even closer and you can find like 12 of them and then you're like which expert do i trust yeah it gives me a lot of compassion for people to try to buy what we do professionally because it's like i don't know you're like marketing experts it's like, so is everybody else how do i know if you're good or not the response yeah you don't so they're like oh, i guess i need to see a case study it's like that's not gonna help you they're like what do i do to, i don't know you know what i mean so mm-hmm. it's like the the expert thing is a problem. Um, I had another one that was like kind of related, but not, and is that uh, from recent experience, not myself personally, uh, but somebody getting medical advice and then getting a second opinion from someone, a doctor who was a coworker of a family member who was a doctor. Yeah, and they got way better care from the person who had a personal connection. And to me, I'm like, how fucking dare these people <laughs> treat? And like, it should always be the best information or the best experience you can possibly provide. Yeah, but like, you always. know, that's not how it goes. I know. It's it just the pisses world. me off. Um, we need to get what back about, What track. about you, though? Like, because I, I have only just realized, like, okay, I think what it is is that I've never had, ex- I've never had anxiety in moments that people think are normal to have anxiety. Like, public speaking doesn't make me anxious. Okay. So like, those are things that like, I like to do. I'm not actually nervous in the moment on a podcast. So like, you know, like that sort of stuff doesn't bother me. I think it's pretty normal for people to be like, I'm I'm being interviewed or I'm on stage. It's, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Not a thing for me. So I've always thought I didn't have anxiety and now I'm seeing it show different places, but you don't have that experience. Well, I Yours would, is different, right? I feel like I have more generalized anxiety. Okay, so talk to me about what generalized anxiety looks like. For me, I'm I'm going to butcher all these words. Like, there are correct terms for this We're not, in the medical world. Congratulations, people. We are not experts. We are not <laughs> professing to be experts. That's the point. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, but to me, it's more of a, like, underlying thing all the time. Oh. Just that, about just about everything? Like, it's just this feeling that is just there about everything. About, and about it, what? And it ebbs and flows and whatever, right? So, like, most recent example, okay. right, is... <laughs> at work had like a legitimate anxiety attack the other day and like left the office <laughs> for a little bit of time what were you anxious about uh and in that moment the thing that was going through my head was uh a feeling of disservice to the people around me based on how we're performing oh fascinating <laughs> and i was like how fucking dare you <laughs> <laughs> That's to my favorite phrase today <laughs> to myself um say, say more about that what what do you mean how fucking dare you what uh, well, to the point of your own standards are always different than the other people's standards yeah. for you, right? Yeah. Like, I have the reputation, I would say, of being able to get a lot done. Yeah. And also, I'm like, are you kidding me? That's all I got done. Oh, interesting. And it'll be like about the same amount of things. You like don't know so how to I'm judge like, a good day. 
I definitely uh I would I would recognize it if I had it, but I really feel like I have it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I mean. Like you don't know how to set a like a a framework or a metric or a consistent amount of deliverable or yeah, 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 or yeah. something that allows you to be like, I put in a, I put in work today. It's kinda like you know this is why we love fitness. This is explain because we both have this and I'm I'm feeling this now of like you know if you go out for your run and you do it, you're like, put in my work today, did my job, yeah, got better. Yep. And I know if I go to the gym and I do my training blocks, all of them, mm-hmm. and I click yes and you know enter my scores, I'm like, good day today. You did it. You got better. Good work. Mm-hmm. Work doesn't have that often. Yeah. Or we have to figure out how to create it for ourselves, and that makes it really hard to know when I've done a good job. Especially when there is an infinite amount of things to be done. Right. There's 100 times more things to do in a day than there are hours in the day in yeah. our world. Yep. There's like is an endless list of stuff that we have to go do. Is it is that where your anxiety stems from you think? Like do you wake up and you feel the list of things to go do or does it come from something else? Uh I mean I'm sure that contributes to it. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a root cause. No, I think there's some level of everything feeling high stakes. Oh, interesting. I think is a layer to it. Like there's a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of layers to it. And the anxiety is like one specific thing that also has like all these other things that are tied to it that are not anxiety as well. Okay. Um, they're definitely the insecurity stuff is a huge part of it. And I've told, probably said on here and told many people, I feel like I'm the least confident person anybody has ever met. Yeah, which is hilarious to me. Um, Dude, you know people who are dumb. Yeah. Like you've met people who you're like, oh yeah, you're you're just not that good. Sure. At, like your profession yeah, or, or whatever. whatever. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it makes them less valuable as a human. I'm no. just saying like you know you're more competent in areas. But I somehow like <laughs> refuse to be confident. Yeah. I don't know what it is. So there's like some of the like insecurity confidence stuff that contributes to the overall anxiety, right? Um You know, it's funny because we mask ours in different ways. Yeah. So like you mask your insecurity. I'm going to observe. You tell me if this feels right. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you mask that lack of confidence with like a stoicism and a I'm going to I'm going to analyze this and mm-hmm. like a skepticism of everything mm-hmm. um, that makes you feel intimidating. People have given you like the feedback of you feel intimidating. Yeah. I mask it with an overabundance of outward confidence. Yes. Yeah. Charisma yeah, uh-huh. and smiles and friendliness and I'm going to make you like me yeah. because if you like me, you won't notice how much I don't have put together. Yeah. And because people say to me like, wow, I never imagined that you're not confident. You seem like the most confident person ever. See, but here's the difference. <laughs> and right? I'm like, Pfft. so like you, yeah, you yeah. come across as confident. Yeah. I just come across like an asshole. <laughs> Well, because you because you mask it differently. Yeah. In in other cultures, I would come across as an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fair. Like people in Japan would hate my fucking guts. I'm so loud. I'm always in your space. Like I'm like that's who I am. You know what I mean? Like, does it tire you that the way that people experience you is different than the way you experience yourself? <sighs> mm, no, because I'm a good chameleon and you want to like you would ideally want to be perceived as confident you know what is actually more exhausting is that i don't perceive myself the way others perceive i'm the exact inverse of what you just said yeah because the way that i think about it for myself is i have had people say to me i mean the like intimidating stuff is just a fucking joke um (laughs) 
I'm not intimidated. You are, in fact. I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't... I need to understand what that looks like. Like, if somebody it looks like skepticism. Of just them as just, a person? Well, yeah, because when you're meeting somebody and you're like... Or you're receiving... Notice most people do not break IR at mm-hmm. all. So they take the, like, skepticism of an idea as skepticism of them. Mm-hmm. Or a skepticism of a thing as skepticism of them. Right? Like, that's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. De- decoupling okay. it doesn't happen. So I'm unhealthy for people with a bad IR. Well, everybody's unhealthy for people with bad IR. They're unhealthy for themselves. Yeah. But... Then to the point of the like how you see yourself and how others experience you, uh, I have received feedback at some point in time about being like very just like flat. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I think I'm probably too close to you to experience you flat. I that's probably true. Like I, I experience the nuances of you. Like I can pick up when you're frustrated or when you're pissed or when you're happy, excited. Like mm-hmm. I pick up the nuances. Probably because I know you well enough. But there's like this general feeling of like just, it's, it's just like no emotion. It's just <laughs> robotic. Like, yeah, robotic, <laughs> almost, honestly. And that like what would be good is for me to have more of the inflectuations and the whatever, right? Yeah. And I'm like, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> because of the mask and the insecurity, I don't show up that way. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's fucking so is, anxiety is your, or not. No, I mean, it, I don't know. I think, I think. The anxiety, I'm interested about where anxiety like stems from. Because anxiety is not just like a thing. Like it's not a thing that we just like have. Like it it, it comes from somewhere. I for, think for example, the, we, we okay. can like, be anxious about our finances because of X, Y, or Z thing. Like I was just anxious, anxious about my finances last week because we had our washing machine break and our dishwasher's on its last legs and we have to fix our roof. And I was like, sort of spiraling mm-hmm. in that moment. And I was like, wait a second, wait, wait, wait. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Go buy a new washing machine. It's $500. You're privileged that that's not going to wreck you. Yep. You're fine. It's all good. You know, I had like logic myself out and then the anxiety went away. So the anxiety was coming from like unknown and fear of spiral and fear of not being able to take care of scarcity, like all this scarcity, right? So, so it's coming from that. So I had to like solve that and be like, "You're not scarce here. You're fine." And yeah. like, go look at my expenses and see my bank account and feel that way and like remind myself of that. But the other types, like that, was financial anxiety. Social anxiety comes from somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, performance anxiety comes from something else. So it's interesting to like unpack where it comes from. For me, there's almost four. Four. I just held for four. We don't have video. I held up five fingers to say four. There's four uh, components of uh, negative experience. Let's Mm -hmm. say for me, and what I don't know is the hierarchy of these things, right? So there's anxiety that we've been talking about. There is uh, the insecurity, lack of confidence. Um, There's scarcity mindset, Mm -hmm. and for me at least, there's depression. And so what I don't know is, like, is anxiety driven by scarcity, insecurity, and depression? Or, like, what's the thing that's being fed by the other things, or are they just four things that coexist? I don't fucking know. Yeah. There's, like, I'm sure there's a a way to dig into that deeper. I I mean, I'm incredibly introspective about all of it, and I'm aware of all the things. But which thing is driving which thing? I'm not entirely sure. I think that what goes back furthest into my history would be probably insecurity. Same. That led to these other things. Like is, insecu- does that come from like 
when you were overweight? Like, where does the insecurity yeah, oh, yeah. at? Dude, yeah. that experience fucked well, me it's interesting up. Because, like, not everybody who's overweight feels insecure about being overweight. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. But, like, you did? But I did. Okay. 100%. Yeah. So, me uh, being overweight when I was in high school and early college made me shut myself off to opportunities, which probably led to the depression and disconnection, which led to all the, like, anxiety about those types of situations because I shut myself off to those situations. Yeah. Like, you can kind of see this, like, thread. Well, it's funny because even though we had extremely different upbringings, my insecurity also comes from weight. And, like, we both also are, like, fitness junkies. Yeah. Like, there's a reason for this. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And, like, most of my issues stem from an, from an insecurity problem. Money gets scarcity with me for some unknown reason. I do not get it. Why you have a scarcity mentality around finances? Yeah. It's fucking nonsense. Oh, yeah. It's really nonsense. Like, I don't know where it comes from. That is really, I mean, and (laughs) all of our podcast episodes are connected, but some of it's tied to nature nurture stuff too. Yeah. Like how were you brought up and was like family mentality around money. Certainly, um, there is certainly, what's the term they use? Uh, talk, talk tracks. I don't know. There's a term they use that's that Lucian for what you're, what you've heard growing Mm -hmm. up that's playing in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's not talk tracks, it's something else. And money was both interesting and good in some ways and really bad in some ways growing up. I never like wanted for a lot and I never experienced like money will be gone. But my I think my parents had. And so like some of the things that they said would indicate that I would be like, ooh, money's not a thing that um money's not a thing that we have a like that will always be there. Mm-hmm. But to be really smart about it so that we don't lose it. Like I think that there it is. My parents were savers. We lived below our means, like a lot below our means, which mm-hmm. is great. Like I think these things are really good. Um, but I also just like always felt like we had less, even though we didn't actually have less mm-hmm. because other people just showed their money in different ways. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk in like in our house. We just didn't really talk about money very much ever. Yeah. And so I didn't think about it. I didn't understand it. I didn't. And so I think what I saw was need to save, need to live below your means, don't buy super nice stuff, like blah, 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 classic middle-class American. Mm-hmm. And But then when I got smarter about money and then my dad got like a really big job when I was in high school and I was like, we have, we have tons of money. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So you would think that that would have like reversed, but it did not. I get like, it's actually the same way I think about food. Like I've been, I track every dollar we spend and I have for like the last year and a half. And it's helped a lot because it's starting to like show me like it's okay. You're okay. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not overeating. You're not overspending. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting the financial I, I but I still can't figure out like I logically know it's fucking stupid. And then when things go sideways, I fall there so fast. Like, da, back into scarcity around money. Uh I'm gonna go a couple places here one interestingly i know that some of my scarcity mindset around finances is driven by the environment that i grew up in yeah and like uh actually it was a um like a dichotomy of experience because one half of my parents incredibly frugal the other half not so much Uh (laughs) and so there was always this like uh making up for the other kind of like behaviorally and like incredible frugality and this kind of thing oh yeah i can see that and so that incredible frugality definitely showed up for me yeah um but i'm wondering as well if the scarcity 
is related to control because you are a person with a job at a company, so you don't really have, quote, control over right. your finances to that great of an extent. Right. Like, you perform well and you get bonus or whatever. Like, yeah. Cool. Cool. But you're like, a company is responsible for and can take away- And can take away. Your financial well-being. Yep. Do you think that's part of it? Um, Having been on the other side- where I did own the thing. You probably had even more anxiety back Way then. Way more anxiety back then. So yeah. it actually probably helps. But um, you also, like, it was a su- sustainable but not lucrative Yeah, like, business, we, we right? took some like, money out per month. It would not have paid me to live, but it paid for itself, and it paid our coaches, and it paid me yeah. a little bit. Um, Fuck, man. There's so many layers. So many layers. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I would say that the root cause of the vast majority of mine, even that one I could say goes back to insecurity. Like, let's just imagine for a second that Element 3 went away or decided that I needed to go away tomorrow. And they were like, hey, we're going to be two weeks of severance. I've got two weeks to figure it out. I'd find a job. Mm -hmm. And I like, I know that. Like, I know that in who I am at my core. I'm like, yeah, I'd find a job. So it's not actually scarcity about being able to like, have your means meet that's what your i mean end. like there's something yeah. else there uh-huh. so it's like is it insecurity about your ability to find a job that you like as much is it insecurity about that somebody's going to find you out and you're not gonna be able to get another good job like what is it coming from but most of my, the vast majority of mine come from insecurity hmm. which is another reason that i like to like eat well and train hard because then i'm like feel good about myself and then it helps me to not feel bad in other areas that aren't actually related to nutrition or fitness. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think we uncovered fuck all about the root, but I want to switch a little yeah. bit here. <laughs> How do you manage? Oh yeah. Um, manage anxiety for the listener. I'm just realizing that I have it. So I don't know yet. Mm. How do you manage it? <laughs> uh, I have known I've had it for a long time and I do a mediocre job at managing it. I mean, there's like some breathing exercises and stuff that you can do that, you know, help. There's lots of different practices. Um, uh, for me, it's like you, there are things that you need to progress in. You need to progress in your awareness of it and then your management of it. Mm-hmm. And so my journey has been like more focused initially on the awareness of it to the point where I'm very aware, where like yeah. I'll be in a situation, I'm like, I know this is what's happening right now. And so, for instance, when I, you know, was like having anxiety flare up recently, I will just like get myself out of the situation, remove myself, unplug, go walk, whatever. Mm, okay. And so it's a like clear my head thing in the moment, but that's a tool for like an acute moment. That's not yeah. a, an, a tool for general management of yeah. it. That's yeah. just like underlying. That's like just buck up and be disciplined <laughs> well that's the thing it's like it's not right but we kind of think it is that's yeah that's not the right answer that's my answer yeah so my yeah, answer yeah. is actually really similar i think that when i feel at my worst is when i am away from my like health routines mm-hmm. and that tells me something about how i manage it mm-hmm. i totally use that as like a crutch well i don't think it's a crutch it's healthy well no totally but healthy things can like crutches are healthy still a crutch so, like, I wouldn't be okay without it. You know what I mean? But I don't think that the a realistic place for everybody to get to is where they can just, like, mental their way through 
managing these things. Like I think I don't to me a crutch is something that is good temporarily, but ideally you don't need to lean on. See, I would argue that I shouldn't need to lean on it as much as I do. Let me put it into perspective for you. Yeah. Um everything can be debilitating. Mhm. And and too much of anything, even exercise is unhealthy. Yeah. And there's certainly been a point in time in my life, well, I think I'm past this stage of it, where um, it was unhealthy. Like if part of a workout went poorly. No, not even that. It's like if I'm not in my routine, everything is wrong and I cannot function. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't eat what I need to eat. I just won't eat. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. That's yeah. food controlling you. Yeah. Oh, I'm... I'm supposed to be on vacation, but oh, how I can't have fun because I'm not working out. That's fucked. Um, that is... I've been there. Oh, yeah. I've really been there. I think you probably have too. From the look in your face, you're oh like, I've God, been there so too. Much. And so, so like, I can think about like, well, we could get into why I hate beach vacations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Seriously. Will not. Will not. I mean, I, I love a beach vacation, but I have to like get there. And three weeks prior to it, I'm never excited. Like, ever. Every vacation I take in the lead up, I'm like... Beach vacations are, like, doing very little, generally. Yeah. Very relaxed, relatively sedentary. And if I'm doing something that's not as good as my training would be if I was at home. Yeah. So then I'm like, oh, it's not perfect. I don't want to do it. And then I talk myself into it. So I, I definitely, like, medicate with fitness. But I'm starting to, like, recognize the ridiculousness of that and like awareness is the first step they say (laughs) yeah um but if like you are in an acute moment and you know the thing that will help is that's the thing go do the thing when i'm in an acute moment i don't like fitness yeah i my i'm somebody who is best when i'm feeling charged up and like happy Mm -hmm. so me being like not charged up and not happy is is not good Mm -hmm. i don't perform well um a lot what I've done when I'm anxious before is like I always have turned to like action is never good. So like Katie knows when I'm like stressed at home or annoyed at home or something, I'm like cleaning something mm. or doing something that doesn't need to be done. I'm like OCD, something that doesn't need to be done. And what I've started to get better about is like when I catch myself doing it, I like, oh, I'm doing it again. You recognize the behavior. And I'll yeah. like sometimes I'll go there and be like, I'm frustrated about something. Can we just unpack it? So most of the time for me, I guess the way I manage it is I need to like externalize it. So journaling helps me. Mm-hmm. Talking about it helps me. And then on a base level, it's like I do best when I'm inside of my normal routine. And like the next step for me in getting over some of the acute anxiety is to be able to not need a thing in order to be good. Mm-hmm. Like what if I got in a car accident on the way home today and I couldn't work out anymore? Mm-hmm. How would I be? I think the answer is I'd be a fucking mess. And, like, that's not a great place to be. So that's what I mean by crutch. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you need to get to a place where you're just okay. <laughs> yeah. You know that, what I mean? Wouldn't that be great? It would be great. <laughs> and I know I'm not there. But it's like that. that's the sort of difference. Mm-hmm. That's why I say it still is a crutch to me. Interesting. Yeah. When I, uh, the one of the ways that I know I, I'm experiencing heightened anxieties because I will be physically making myself as small as possible. Oh, interesting. Like I, I, one of the things I want to improve on generally is the management of my body language because people can tell 
what my energy is because of my body language mm. very clearly, and I'm really bad about that. Mm. Although sometimes also it's not actually correlated. Like I will kind of be maybe like slouched in a, a chair, but it's not actually because I'm like disengaged. Yeah, I'm literally just like to be slouching. Yeah. But I will like literally sink into my chair and like get very small and like not interact with anybody and like <laughs> i get self-deprecating i, I don't want to give you my real trigger for my anxiety because you'll see fucking it. see it uh-huh you don't have to but it's real i'm just gonna fucking tell you fuck it okay because i've recognized it very recently and it's if i spend long periods of time with headphones on oh interesting okay because i'm closing myself off to everything around you're like me. keeping your world small I'm listening to fuck all, nothing, yeah. unless I'm editing. So I'm like closing myself off to my environment and making myself physically small. Yeah. Mine is pure act like you can't do it. Say more. Because uh, normally my anxiety comes from insecurity. Yep. So if I'm like anxious about a workout, it's because I'm like stressed about the ability to do the workout. Mm-hmm. Then I will make jokes about my inability to do the workout. Ah. So that the expectation becomes you can't do it. So that when I do it, it's a fun exit. It's like, ooh, I did it. Do you do the thing where it's like self-deprecation that's like funny, but it's also very real to you? Yeah. Where it's like, I'll be like, oh, I was a fat fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like when I saw my head, there was like a comic strip where it's you and then the next picture, you're just crying in the corner. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, oh, I'm just an idiot. (laughs) Even though really you're like, oh shit, I'm an idiot. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm not strong enough for that barbell, you know, like small guy problems. And it's like, fuck, man, I kind of wish I was fucking strong enough for that barbell. <laughs> like, if yeah. I'm honest, like, uh, it kind of kills me that I'm not. Uh huh. Now, what a disaster. Okay. Um, wrap it, Reed. Wrap we'll it. We'll keep going, but wrap it. Yeah.